We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here uh, by myself. Um, Nikki did not leave me in the lurch. Uh, it was all my bad. I did not do our usual prep for the show. I was busy, and then I uh, went to see the Avengers last night, so I just totally slipped my mind, really, until about 8.45 this morning. Um, but you guys should not have to suffer because I forgot something, so... Um, uh, I'm going to try to do this by myself, so it might be short, it might be a little awkward, um, but it'll be something, right? So, <laughs> I put out the call on Twitter for questions, uh, both on my personal account, at Bobby Shortle, and on the Talking Comics account, and we'll see if anything comes through. It's very short, so I'm not going to be angry if it does not. Uh, but I've got my coffee, I've got some comics, and so that's what, what this is all about, right? I'm looking up at the TV because I'm looking at myself to make sure everything's good. Camera, right here. People listening audio, which is the majority of you, don't care about that, but that's what's going on. All right, so let's look out here. Um, let's talk about something stuff we read. I'm not going to really get into the Avenger stuff uh, because uh, there's a Patreon exclusive thing that me and Bob Ryer did, Bob Ryer and I did, that you guys can listen to, and I think is is a pretty cool little thing. It's it's supposed to mimic you're walking out of the movie theater, you you're talking about it with your friends, and you want to keep talking about it. That's the way we talked about it. It's spoilery, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, you know you shouldn't listen to it. And if you're not a Patreon member, you can't. But uh, my general impressions are that uh, I thought it was very good, and I have some some criticisms, some gripes, but overall, I had a really good time with it. But I'll get into it much more in depth um, on the the Tuesday show, obviously. Uh, but you know, today I I I, I got some news sites up here to, to look through and see if there's any cool stories to talk about. Uh, I'm going to take questions, like I said, if anybody decides to watch live, which usually when things are this short notice, they don't. Um, so, so yeah, um, one of the things that's been popping up is there's been some set photos coming from X-Men Apocalypse, which shows uh, Jubilee and Jean Grey, uh, I think young Scott as well. But uh, mo the most of the, I think the focus has been on uh, young Jean and on Jubilee, and I'm digging the 80s aesthetic of it all. I, I think it seems like a really cool aesthetic for, for the movie, and I, I think much the way the 60s stuff worked for first class, 70s for, what was 70s, right? Four Days of Future Past? Excuse me. Um was a neat change up and different than a lot of the other um a lot of the other comic book movies doing an 80s flavor period piece that focuses on the X-Men I think could be really fun uh in a visual way and I think that although I love Fomka Jansen I feel like Jean Grey because of the way those movies went was underserved and and 
I'm anxious to see how Sophie Turner brings that character to life and to see now that that singer can basically do whatever he wants. I'm interested to see what, excuse me, sorry, he does with the character. Uh, obviously the same thing with Cyclops, who is one of the most woefully underserved of all the characters. And, you know, Jubilee is a character who, growing up watching the 90, the 80s cartoon, 90s cartoon, 80s cartoon, the 90s cartoon, I always found incredibly annoying. But uh, in the comics recently, she's been the opposite of that. So I'm interested to see uh, how that all goes down. Um, we, we have a couple of live viewers now, so I'm doing this uh, solo today. And uh, I would really love some questions. So if you hit him on Twitter, at Talking Comics with the hashtag, Talking Java, that'd be awesome. Send me some questions. Uh, I'm not going to talk in depth about Avengers, though. So that's one thing that I will not talk about in depth. Um, but yeah, X-Men uh, Apocalypse seems like it could be cool. It seems like it's going to be the last of, of Singer's movies. That's another thing that came out this week. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, 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 would, I would assume and hope that if these castings they've just made for these younger version of the X-Men work out, if, if they end up being good choices, that they will continue in, in some sort of um, reborn X-Men universe and that will end up, you know, uh, getting more stories from the universe. Because I, I, I feel like... The X-Men is one of those places that there's so much to mine that hasn't been mined. The movies have been so different than the books that there, there is a lot left to do. So I'm anxious to see it. I mean, I think a TV show would probably be the best thing for that franchise and uh, overall because it's just how episodic the X-Men adventures are. And yeah, there are, there are big blockbuster-type storylines that happen with the X-Men, and those are perfect for movies. But... The day-to-day -day life in the school kind of stuff, I think, would would work really, really well as a, as a TV show. So uh, there's been rumors of that. I don't know how all of the stuff works with um, the rights. I, I I don't. I I think that I could be wrong. I don't know if it's live action rights. I don't know if it's just movie rights. I I have a feeling that Fox couldn't produce a TV show based on the X Men without Marvel's participation. I. I that, that's my understanding, but I'm not completely sure uh, on that fact. So don't quote me on it. But I, I would like to see how all that stuff would go. Um, let's see. What else can we talk about today? Uh, I could talk about some books that I read as well. Um, let's see. So, yeah, let me talk about a, uh, one book in particular, actually, because uh, I haven't read everything yet. Um, uh, I, I read uh, I've read Daredevil, I've read Multiversity, I've read Batman, of course, and I'll talk a little about that. Uh, I've read Justice League. Yeah, that's what I've read so far. Um, I haven't read everything yet because I've been busy watching Avengers movies. <laughs> um, so I've got the the four that I've really completed here. Uh, three big, huge books from DC. I think all of which delivered mightily. Um, Batman forty which brings to the end uh, Endgame, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's latest big arc on, on their, uh, at this point, got to be called historic Batman run, is I might have liked the death of the family conclusion a little bit more than this, but it is arguably their, their best capper uh, yet. And I certainly think as a whole, the 
storyline and arc has been his best since the Court of the Owls stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything here because I don't like that. And the book has just come out and the internet has been spoiling it a bunch for everybody. And I don't, uh, that's, that's not something I, I really love, but I will say about it that it pulls off one of the harder things to do in comics, which is it pulls off and pays off what it promises throughout the book. So uh, there's something in the beginning of um, the Endgame arc where he's at a theater and they talk about, you know, uh, Deus Machina and, and heroes always being saved. And the, the whole of Endgame really challenges that, really challenges the conventions of, of that and of the whole Joker-Batman relationship. And where it ends up, I think, really, it, it takes it all the way in, in a way that I did not expect. Um, and it's not really about the the way their battle turns out, as far as you know the 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 concrete uh, result. But it's more about how the battle is fought, and th there's a ferocity to the battle that I did not expect. And the way in which Batman decides to go about the fight is something I didn't expect. So I I was really really impressed. Uh, not that that should be any surprise, because <laughs> I do love me some Batman, but. I, I'm anxious to see what comes next. I've already read the free comic book day issue, which, if you guys don't know, has a major revelation uh, about uh, that comes after the ending of Batman Forty, and it paid off very well for me. And it it show, it gives you a big reveal of something, and and I really was into that reveal. I'm not sure how all of that's going to work uh, going forward, but. One thing is very clear about this, even though I think Convergence on DC's side has not really been... It doesn't feel like it's making very many headways and, and, and waves in, in the regular DC continuity. Uh, but the status quo of things is definitely changing, and whether or not Convergence is changing them or not, which appears not to be, DC themselves are changing a lot of their status quos, and so... Uh, Batman is, is one of those, and, you know, obviously it's comic book, so things always go back to the way they were, but the, the, the quote that's been changed here, I want to see how it all runs out, and, and how it all, what it means for, for the story, what it means for the characters in Batman's lives, Batman's lives, Batman's life. Uh, I will say, spoiler alert, Batman doesn't punch a dragon. Uh, it doesn't stab a dragon in the issue. So if that's looking for, it's a little false advertising there. Uh, but the art is just unbelievable too. Capullo is just, I, I don't know. He just seems to get better and better at what he does. And I didn't think that was possible, but obviously it is. So kudos to him definitely with that, because I, I, I can't believe how good this book looks. And although I, I feel like there are a couple panels where the action can get a little bit difficult to suss out. I think that overall, it's just a gorgeous and terrifying look at, at all this stuff. Now, um, I, I, I don't want to say any more because I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, the show this week, uh, the main show, we will do a, definitely a spoiler section about Batman 40, uh, possibly the end of the show. It's going to be a really big show, too. Uh, really huge show. we got, obviously, the Age of Ultron review to do. Um, we've got Batman 40 to talk about. Multiversity ended. Dark Side War has begun. 
And also, we have a special guest, uh, Jerry Conway, is going to be joining us for com uh, Talking Comics this week. So it's going to be a big, huge show, and, and I'm really excited about it. Um, Multiversity, Justice Incarnate, Multiversity number two. Um, Grant Morrison, Ivan Rice, Joe Prado. I, woof, um, I need to read it again. Most assuredly, need to read it again. But it is big and beautiful and epic as all hell. And it just makes me want to go back and reread all of this stuff all over again and, and to know where we are and what's going on more succinctly. Um, it's definitely not a book you can read once and just be okay with it, but uh, it's a big, brash, bold superhero story uh, that goes just a little bit beyond the normal superhero story. So uh, that's all I can really ask for from Grant Morrison. You know, because I, I didn't really know what to expect, right? Because what what is the series um, as 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 a cohesive story? It's more a, a set of uh, individualized stories that have some slight connections between them. And so how they were all going to come together and how they were all going to wrap up, I didn't know. And I, I think that if you read it looking for something that's going to take all the elements of all the stories and make them into one, I think you might be disappointed. But just taken as this thing where this book and the first, multi first one called the actual multiversity go together and all these other ones are filling you in on, on what the war really is about, I, I think it's an incredibly satisfying conclusion, and uh, I can't wait to read it a bunch more times. It's going to be one of those books that I want to get the big deluxe hardcover of and, and just be able to look through it and, and take in all of that art over and over and over again. Uh, really, really wonderful stuff, and I can't... If this is Grant Morrison's last superhero work, I will be sad because, obviously, he's my, probably my favorite writer, but... Um, it's a beautiful, awesome way to end things for him. And it really probably says all he ever wanted to say about the world in which he worked. I will say this, though. The ending, and it's not spoiling anything, the ending does leave it open for more. And he always said that. He said that this, this was supposed to be the introduction and possible origin of, of many worlds that, um, that could be taken up by other writers. And the end of this book is absolutely that. There is absolutely... A hook uh, to other things to come. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know. We have, obviously have no idea what he's doing now. We have no idea what's going on with DC and these characters. Um, but it's been a stark contrast reading this and then now reading Convergence, which seem to be not really playing in the same world, but some of them, some aspects they are. You have worlds crashing together. In Multiversity, it's more worlds fighting together to, against a common enemy instead of worlds fighting each other because of a common enemy. But um, what's that play in multiversity is just, to me, so much more engaging than in uh, Convergence. Uh, I haven't read Convergence yet this week. I will. I'm going to read it all, so I have it. I also have the Shazam tie-in, which I haven't read either, which I'm also really excited to check out. Um, we do a couple more minutes here. Let's see what else we can, we can, we can chat about here. Oh, I'm gonna check my phone. Just make sure that I didn't get any, I didn't get any tweets on my personal account, because um, I put the call out there as well to get some, get some love, some questions. But again, very short notice, so I completely understand. Whoa, I got some people coming in here. Um, okay, here we go. We have a question. Here we go. Blank at blanks ten. Craig Blanco. 
Did you ever read all the Fire and Stone, Alien, Predator, Prometheus books? And if so, what did you think? Uh, you know, I didn't read them all. I started reading them. I read Prometheus. I read the number ones. I think of all of them. I think Prometheus, Alien, Aliens, and Pre uh, no, Prometheus, Aliens, Alien versus Predator. Right? Is that what it was? And and Predator? Was there a single Predator book too? I don't remember what they were, but I definitely when they were coming out, I read all the first issues of them, uh, and I enjoyed them to an extent, but I, I run into this with books based on properties that I, I came to love in a different medium, where no matter how much I love that other medium, I just, I, I don't get invested in the comic book versions of them as much. And I've tried with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that I really love. I mean, it's, it goes to Star Wars as well. I mean, I've pretty much dropped off the Star Wars books that are coming out at this point, because to me, what I love about those books exists in the movie versions. And when I read the comics, I, it just does not connect to me the same way. And I think it's because of the way I fell in love with them. And you know, it happens vice versa. Sometimes it's like Harry Potter going from book to movie. I, I love the books and I just, I like the movies a lot, but I don't connect with the movies the same way I connect with the books. And I think it's the same way with stuff like that. And so I, re I read those uh, alien Prometheus books, the first issues. And I think I read two issues of one of them. And I just, it just didn't make me want to keep reading it. And that is like, again, as I can say about the quality, it's more to say about the way I react to licensed material in that way. So I, I would like to read them all collected, though, because I would like to know what, what the all came back to. And I would love to read that issue, the Kelly Sudaconic issue. So I would like to check it out. Um, <laughs> at Joey Vega 702 says, Who is Joker's tattoo artist? Could you imagine Joker walking in to a tattoo shop? Um, obviously, I've been seeing the Jared Leto Joker image. And uh, I couldn't imagine walking in a tattoo shop. I would have to imagine that he would be doing those himself or he would be threatening someone's life in order to do them. Um, uh, they do look pretty professional in that photo so i'd assume he must have someone who does it for him maybe he hired maybe he's part of his like his joker squad or whatever it's a tattoo artist maybe he's uh you know there's a tattoo artist for the mob or maybe he you know like i said he, he threatened someone's life or family and that's how they that's why they do the tattoos for him but uh yeah i don't i i I'm wondering, again, we've heard conflicting reports about that stuff, right? About how much those tattoos are actually on his body in the Suicide Squad movie itself, or if this was just some, uh, because it was the anniversary of, of the character, if it was just some kind of anniversary shot of the character. Um, because it doesn't look quite as pale as we've seen set photos. You know, it doesn't look as Jokerish as we've seen in other stuff. So I'm wondering how close those two things actually are at this point as we get farther away. It has been fascinating though that warner brothers uh, david ayer hasn't spoken up about it at all if it's if, if it's not the look if it is the look then they don't have to say anything because it's their movie and, and their vision and, and they get to do what they want with it and if we like it we don't if we if we do we do so i don't think they should be changing anything because people don't like it but online but um but if it's not the real image which people are guessing Either they're just kind of like stringing us along, or, <laughs> or, or it is the real image, and they just don't want to know about it, and, and they just don't want to say anything more about it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, at Batfawn says, is it okay for me to have my own podcast live from the train, just sans pod and casting, exclusive interview with man with bike? You know, man, it's, it's totally up to you. 
um, I, I think that's great. Uh, people might think you're a little insane if you're just gonna you're just kind of talking to your on the train, but there's plenty of other crazier stuff on the train. So I, I think that you'd be fine. Um, I'm often having podcasts in my head all the time. So I think you're totally cool. Let's see. Let's see. Um, oh, so do you think Batman, same at Batfons, do you think Batman is a cameo in Suicide Squad or a major player in the movie? Uh, I think it's a cameo. Uh, I don't think he's a major player. I think that movie is too stuffed with stuff, and I think that also Suicide Squad is about the villains, right? It's about the missions they go on. But I think Batman uh, getting involved when Waller and Co. enlist the Joker or go after the Joker or they're they're asking the Joker for help or whatever. We don't know the story yet, right? So what it's going to be, but I think him being involved there, maybe him bringing the Joker in, Maybe a call, maybe him, whatever, stopping in. I think it's probably what you're going to end up seeing. Uh, you're probably going to get a scene. It's probably not going to be just a, a line or something like that. But I think you'll get a scene at least. Um, there is a rumor as well that in either Batman, Superman, or Suicide Squad, we're going to see the death of Jason Todd. And if that's the case in Suicide Squad, then you, I think you will get a little bit more of a little bit more of Batman than possibly I'm, I'm thinking. Maybe a, a few minutes. If they're going to reenact kind of death in the family or some sort of version of it. So, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, I, I, again, I'm not super positive about a Batman Superman at this point after that, that first trailer. But, look, I love Batman. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. And I want to see uh, what Batman Affleck does with him. I don't, And I think that the fact that they're going to use him in all these movies, I think, is, is a good idea. Um, and I'm excited for Suicide Squad. I, I think it could be cool. So I, I am reserving judgment on everything else except what I can comment on, which is only the footage I've seen for another movie. So I, I am cautiously optimistic about what the rest of that universe will look like. Uh, this is at Badney Grun and says, in light of Convergence and Secret Wars, what was the best event you have read? That's a good question. Um, I, I know that we've come to be known as the people who hate events on, on, on the podcast, but the truth is, I, I'm not, I don't hate them. I've just become a little weary of how many, especially uh, really Marvel has been doing over, over the last few years. You know, um, I feel like one event ends, we get another one starting. And so we've had a little bit of break now leading up to this giant one, obviously secret wars is on its way and it's been a few months since, since access ended. So I, I think that we've gotten some, some, a little bit of space, but uh, as far as events that I've loved uh, blackest night is one of my favorites. I think absolutely. Um, I love blackest night. I think that uh, the character stuff is, is, is wonderful and it looks gorgeous. And I love Jeff John's green lantern universe. So I, I, I was really taken by that. Um, you know, th- there are things that I also, like, I loved Forever Evil, um, another Jeff Johns event. I-, I thought that it did a wonderful job of showing off those crime syndicate characters and showing the heroic nature of the other characters. Um, you know, it's funny. I- I- I've, I- if I were going to name by my top five events, they would probably all be DC events. Uh, I just like them more than than, the, than, than their Marvel counterparts and you know i i liked things about avengers versus x-men i like things about age of ultron uh, as well um 
you know, but things like I, I and I haven't read at all, at all the Marvel events, so I, I can't speak, you know, with like absolute clarity on this stuff. But I, you know, I, I didn't love Civil War. Um, I like the idea of Civil War. I didn't really love the execution. Um, and, and I haven't actually ever I haven't read Secret Invasion or Siege, so I, I don't know about those. Um, but I love uh, I actually really like Infinite Crisis quite a bit, and I also Despite, and this is one of the things, despite the, the kind of sins against continuity that, that, it, that it commits and, and how it kind of goes against a lot of character motivations, Identity Crisis by Brad Meltzer, I really enjoyed. And I was reading that before I was really reading a lot of comics. And I really loved the, you know, the, 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 the mystery behind it. I loved some of the Batman, uh, Tim Drake stuff. I think Deathstroke is awesome in that. And I really enjoyed it. But it, it is the first time that I realized that there are people who care about every character. Because, you know, I had that feeling when I was reading, like, who cares about the elongated man? He's nobody. And then speaking to other people, like Bob, for instance, he loves the elongated man. And, and that was an eye-opener for me, right? That's one of the things where I was like, yeah, maybe... You know, not that they shouldn't, they shouldn't do stuff like that, because I think you can make great stories by going against the grain and changing things up. But for me personally, as as a, as a person talking about that stuff, I learned that every character has someone who just absolutely loves it. Every character is somebody's favorite, probably. So I learned to be less. It taught me to be less callous about talking about certain characters. So I, in that way, I think it was actually really uh, important to me personally. Um, so. Uh, so a bad, bad fun's asked about again a creator's royalties from the big two. Should they have to chase? Should the big boys have to declare creators? So this is actually exactly we're having Jerry Conway on who he wrote the blog about this very thing about DC and their 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 royalties given to creators and we're gonna let him talk about it. We're gonna talk now specifically on Tuesday. It'll be on the podcast on Wednesday. So I'm not gonna get into it right now because I want that to be his his avenue to talk about it. Um, but yeah, thanks guys so much for writing it with questions um, and, and and helped me through this this solo uh, comics and coffee adventure that, that I was on today. I will say one more thing. Uh, Justice League number 40 by Jeff Johns and Jason Fabuk was freaking awesome. Um, I think the Dark Side War is going to end up being one of the, the best things that the New 52 has done so far. Um, Certainly one of the best Justice League things. Uh, the art in this book is bananas good. Uh, some of the stuff they're dealing with is just freaking awesome. I mean, just if you're looking, watching the video version of this, I'm putting up something up to the camera here, but unbelievable art in this book. Um, I cannot wait to see uh, what, what happens with this and where we go with it. I love that Jeff Johns isn't ignoring history. I love that he's going for it. Uh, and I can't wait to see how Dark Side War uh, turns out. But that's going to do it for Comics and Coffee for May 1st, 2015. Wow. It is going to be May. Um, I thank you guys for joining me. I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. At Talking Comics on Twitter is the, is the Twitter handle. Uh, this will be up as a podcast on the special edition feed. You can find that on Talking Comics. TalkingComicBooks.com. 
and uh, or searching on iTunes, Talking Comics Special Edition. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Um, I am Bobby Shortle, and thank you for starting your day out the nerdy way. And we will see you next week. Cause it's comics and coffee. Comics and coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee. Comics and coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way.